Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. FM 104's Select Irish with Louise Ty. Select Irish on F104 and every week we chat to an artist about the first gig they ever went to. This week we're joined by Ro Ural, who is known for the Della Rentals but has just started his solo project. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Louise. Thank you for popping in. Now we're going to talk about the solo project in a minute, but to get to the first gig you ever went to, what was that? Can I talk about three? Sure. The first one, I think, like my first memory of ever being at a gig is the Olympia theatre and I think I don't know what age I w- would have been because I don't know what age you're allowed in but I feel like <laughs> officially I, was re- I feel like, like I was very very young was it was with my parents and it's the hothouse flowers oh nice and like we're on the in the circle mm-hmm. and you know the way there's that sense of in the Olympia that you feel like you're almost like you're almost leaning in the, forward in the stage yeah. like, and it was probably the days when you could mm-hmm. be like standing up uh, like in the circle and um just remember a lot of a lot of flowy things, a lot of long hair, a lot of beads, <laughs> um, a lot of sweat. And uh, yeah, just like this really like, I suppose just like this heady vibe um, that I was just like, this is so exciting. It's a great venue as well yeah, to start off with. I don't remember with. like any of the, any of the music, but that was sort of like, yeah, just I suppose the buzz of live performance. Um, and they are so kind of like, they're almost like shamanistic or something yeah. in, their, in their vibe with like Liam and Wayne and all, all the guys. And um, other one that made an impression on me, um, myself and um, my pal Donal were massive Oasis fans. Oh, cool. So we went, I, th- I don't know whether where we brought, we were probably brought, because I think it was maybe like 13 or 14 okay. to like what is now the Three Arena, but like the Point Theatre at the time mm-hmm. for, I think it was the, maybe it was Be Here Now had just come out, I think it was like 1997. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they had all these like like a roll like all these props on stage and oh, like there was like you know a big Rolls Royce and all this like a huge big <laughs> they came and they walked out of this huge big clock, and I think it was three they had put on two nights originally, and then obviously they were like in their pomp so like and we were, you know Irish people are crazy for Oasis, so um they put a third night on sale but the third so and that was the one that we got to but mm-hmm. it was put whatever the scheduling was it was before the second you know the original okay. two dates Liam lost his voice after that gig so the other two we so got, got, see, we, got see, like. we got Celian basically oh um, very cool which was amazing and then third gig because it was probably like in terms of like playing music live is why I do it I just like love that exchange of ideas and energy mm-hmm. so kind of like my first experience of like standing in the crowd and really feeling that kind of visceral vibe of a gig was Ash in like the it was like the SFX which I think is gone now um, but that I was in transition year 
Yeah. And I remember doing like um, we were doing like a school musical things like Grease or something that we were doing, which I was excited about because it was sort of like the transition year being yeah. my opportunity to do music. Mm-hmm. And um, we went, but I went to see Ash the night before, and uh, I was probably standing up beside a speaker or something like absolutely green, had no idea what the next day was going to be like. <laughs> and we just get, remember like getting home after the gig and like closing my eyes, and it was just like. No, no. <laughs> you can hear I was ears. like, well, what's that? What's that buzzing in my <laughs> not, ear? Not twigging. It's like, it's like, got up the this next day. This is ear damage. It's like, <laughs> 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 like basically, I, I could hear for the, right, our first big rehearsal for Greece. Um, I could hear nothing except like this buzzing in my <laughs> ear. It was like 48 hours. And I never looked back. It was like, Clearly. basically, that buzzing has become, that tinnitus has become <laughs> a part of it. Now, I don't want to um, trivialise tinnitus because it is a serious thing. But um, but yeah, that's all my gig stuff. It all seemed to be kind of during secondary school that you got to go to these first gigs. Yeah. When did you start music? Was Greece your first? In terms of playing myself? Yeah. Yeah, like, um, yeah, myself and my pal had like, I hadn't really, I went to a, a, a primary school called Skull and Dunini. I'll give it a shout out. It's like an mm-hmm. all Irish um, primary school in Feltrum in Dublin. Cool. And they were kind of big into trad and that kind of thing. And I would like play the tin whistle, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But never sang in front of anyone or that like at all. But um, the transition year musical in our school was sort of, was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the kids who got good parts seemed to be like prominent and people liked them and stuff <laughs> so myself and my family regardless of where you know what stage we're at or how we're feeling when it comes to transition year we're mm-hmm. auditioning for this thing okay. so we did and that's how sort of like and it turned out I could sing a little bit mm-hmm. and my like my mum's side of the family are very musical and there was always like sing songs in the house and stuff so mm-hmm. you would have done a bit there's always a bit of music yeah there. but it was sort of then I was like oh I can do this and then just the process of kind of rehearsing with a group for something that kind of like that collective um, working together and kind of the realising that on the stage and the mm-hmm. interaction with the audience and everything. I was just like, I was just hooked from then and started a band that that year wow. as well. And just like the school variety show we would have played and that kind of thing. And I was yeah, just like, this isn't, you know, even just like, you were just doing things like the school Christmas concert. Yeah. I don't even know what song we played. But it was I was like, going to ask you, what was the first gig you played then yeah, that uh, you remember? Um, was it something in school or was it? We did. What's like, um, there's a venue up the top of O'Connell Street. Uh, the Ambassador? No. No, that came later. Um, <laughs> I can't, it's not, not Fibber McGee's. What's Fibber McGee's? But like, we played like this, like, re- like myself and pals from school who went on to be director. You remember director? Like, we yeah. connected that tune. All the guys from direct, we were in our, they're some of my best pals. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, so we had our kind of first band together and got a random a random gig supporting some heavy metal band Deadly. playing these like early noughties <laughs> like <laughs> angular indie kind of tunes so that was like that was my first gig um, probably like a, like a 20 minute kind of support set do you and remember just, the feeling of that though being able to go up and be like I'm a band and we're going to play a gig now yeah like I it like it's always a bit t- like I, I suppose that partly why I why I love it is is the little bit of terror around it like, and that kind of that sense of the um yeah the i suppose with anything that's like with, with live stuff that you don't there's that energy there's that excitement because nobody knows what's going to happen mm-hmm. um but it's just a, a very special thing like to to be able to put down your own like for in terms of i wasn't that great still aren't 
am not that great at expressing myself always in terms of like how I'm feeling or figure, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. So music for me at that age, kind of 15, 16 and starting to write my own songs was just a great way of processing and to sort of, I loved the opportunity to just get up on stage and just express and emote and to get something back mm-hmm. is just like incredible or where somebody's like, actually, yeah, I feel that way too. Or I don't feel that way, but I think this. Or yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I take this apart. And it's it, just sort yeah. of like, it was really transformative for me and just like so, so, so enriching. Um, but that, yeah, that kind of the visceral kind of, and I, I sometimes in, in like, in life, I think I don't really know where my place is in terms of like, you know, you thrown into a room at a party mm-hmm. or something you're like I don't know these where people. do I who stand sh- yeah, wait, who should <laughs> yeah. I talk to yeah. um should I drink that you know that drink or it looks a funny color <laughs> but um I love the fact of like you know the kind of paint not that there's painted lines on a stage but when I step up onto a stage that for that length of time whether it's you know that 20 minutes of the first gig or with you know Delorento still further it's like mm-hmm. 90 minutes or two hours mm-hmm. that like kind of owning that space for that time and kind of dictating that space um and that's just magic. It's just like total freedom inside this, inside a box <laughs> of sorts. Um, Where did De Laurentiis sit into this then for you? Um, we, I, I knew Ross went to the same secondary school as me. Ross who plays, he plays drums and has written a lot of our great songs as well. De Laurentiis is four songwriters, so it's kind of an intense thing. But um, De Laurentiis existed. There was a De Laurentiis Mark One. Okay. Um, which Ross was part of <laughs> and uh, so we were kind of aware of each other we'd you know met like um, he was going out with somebody in my class or something and you know we'd met at parties and so I knew he mm-hmm. was a music guy yeah. you know you kind of know this you're kind of like you gravitate your, towards yeah them. you're keeping your you know because yeah. there weren't that many of us at the time um, and so I was with the with our first band with our school band that kind of you know not that it fell apart but like you know creative differences let's put it that way of we're still friends that's good but, um, good to hear but yeah, I was sort of in between bands and then they, the lads, uh, so Ross and Kieran and, and Neil, their guitarist left and okay. they were sort of on the lookout for somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of saying, oh, I don't want to do you know, I don't want to just to be a guitarist. No offense to the guitarist. <laughs> um, it is amazing. I think the thing is, I'm not a good, I'm not a good enough guitarist to just be a guitarist. <laughs> so I had to be like, oh, I write a few songs too. But I wanted to be like at the kind of creative forefront of whatever I was doing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to just join a band. I kind of, I'd rather start something kind of fresh but anyway the year I think there was like they were doing like a covers night um it was in the sugar club and um with this great guy uh, uh Thomas Dunning is his name shout out to Thomas who would run these like um monthly nights called the hoot night okay where there was like a theme and there was all oh, these nice, bands okay. and it'd be like you know it'd be like songs with like a car in the name and the title or whatever it might be and every like every band or, or you know solo artists would do like a couple of songs based on the theme so the lads were like we're doing this thing um, and Ross called me up and he said you know do you want to just like no there's no other terms or conditions just come and you know when you play, play the gig with song. us so we yeah. can do it and mm-hmm. we just got on just like straight away I was like oh this is really nice um, just the best bunch of guys you know Amazing. my best you know my best pals and then 15 years later <laughs> 55 years later <laughs> Here we are. You did some really <laughs> we, cool things. Yeah, with that, yeah, but like, um, oh, it's been like you know, Delorento's has been and still is, and you know, they're a, a, a massive part of my life, and you know, yeah, it's taken me all around the world and talking about like, you know, the ambassador or the Olympia or wherever it mm. might be, Vicker Street, you know, uh, and all over the world, um, and, and just with our 
silly ideas in our heads. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, it's just all the silly ideas from my head now. <laughs> Yeah. What what was it like to decide to do that, or was that always going to be the plan? Yeah, it was. Like, it was always. I the great thing about Delorento's, as I think I said, is there, there's four songwriters, yeah, and so it's this great kind of melting pot of ideas, and you never know what. Like I could bring something, and you never know what even the song that I bring to the band is going to sound like at the end, mm-hmm. less what what an album might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really really special thing and we've always really cherished that and tried to nourish each other as creative people but there's also a lot of letting go in it um in terms of because you know that Mm -hmm. like every for a song to be a delarento song everybody at least had to kind of like it a bit if not have have all their things yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so to have the freedom to take something to just explore a little bit more myself Mm -hmm. to challenge myself a little bit more in Mm -hmm. terms of just like my capacity as an arranger or even just as a performer as a musician playing different instruments and that sort of thing and to do something I suppose in terms I, I still I still think in, in terms of albums and kind of pieces of work that mm-hmm. communicate something from a period of time for me in my life right? the kind of things that were going on that's still really important to me so the, the kind of the opportunity to throw kind of more of myself into something and have that yeah have that little bit more freedom is something that I sort of have yeah and making think, all the decisions yeah, it's not as like, you know, <laughs> it sounded great when I, you know, a, year, a year ago or whatever. But it's, yeah, it's like not having a, you know, not having a committee. Yeah. I know, you know, people are uh, bad mouth committees, but um, there is something to be said for, having, <laughs> for not being alone in the world entirely. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's a different, that, like, yeah, that sometimes like that's sort of, yeah, I suppose in any walk of life, you're like someone you trust to be like, is that? particularly you know you're working on something for ages you just can't see the wood from the mm-hmm. tree sometimes you're like is that good is that a good song is that a nice colour on the wall just like, get a second ear or an opinion yeah 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 absolutely so I still I, I you know to even start properly committing to a solo you know solo work took me ages and then even when I had sort of with De Laurento, I was like we've been having kind of people having kids and different things I just felt Busy. it was a good time mm-hmm. to kind of do something solo wise but even when I had committed to doing it, it was still really hard to sort of was, you know, I've been writing away for the last few years and uh, it did take kind of working with, you know, calling up the 
great producer and musician friend of mine, Tommy McLaughlin, and I was playing this stuff to him. I'm like, where am I with this? Because mm-hmm. you just don't know. And you're sort of as well, there's the freedom of the creative freedom. Like, I don't know necessarily what the you know what how should I sing on this what what what's the style is there something nice about that too though kind of yeah. just going in just going right let's try and figure this one out yeah I think part of it comes from like we're like being at De La Renta, we're predominantly have been like an independent act for all of our career we were mm-hmm. very we were like on labels sporadically but we always had to think a little bit more about you know after the fact but kind of this the selling of it or kind of mm-hmm. what you know how are we going to pitch something mm-hmm. um so I think sometimes I let that impinge because I'm just uh, for a lot of this I've been alone in my own head <laughs> yeah. thinking you know I get ahead of myself mm-hmm. and rather than just kind of letting you know going with the flow um, can sort of think oh well, what does what does this say about me what am I you know mm-hmm. what, what, when mm-hmm. someone asks me you know when Louise says and it's what you know <laughs> what are your influences and what are the what genre is this and I'm just like, absolutely freaking out about, about that but you know to yeah to to play some stuff to a trusted ear and to go, there are good songs here let's get in the studio and, and explore. And mm-hmm. that is just magic, you know, getting the opportunity to, to do that. And once you started recording things and once you had somebody like, you know, I'd recommend to anybody in any creative field, anyone starting out, sometimes it can feel like you, you feel so vulnerable, you know, sharing some of this stuff, especially mm-hmm. when you feel it's not ready or it's in process. Mm-hmm. But I think the sooner you start sharing, not to the whole world, but to somebody who you yeah. trust, that bit of feedback even if it just reaffirms what you think like sometimes it's not that somebody goes oh well that's good or that's not and you go okay you take whatever they say but sometimes it's like somebody's like oh I don't really like that song you're like well you know I really do now that you've yeah, challenged me yeah it kind me. of makes you yeah, think I, about it yeah, yeah I feel really yeah. strongly about those lyrics or about that arrangement um, so that sort of that initial kind of process of just kind of playing a few songs for somebody else and getting feedback kind of galvanised me and gave me a stronger sense mm-hmm. of okay this is the identity of this thing or this is what it could be Freedom. Tell us about the song. Um, it's <laughs> Sorry, all. I'm, I'm putting yeah, you back now to tell all, me about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, the, like um, it's uh, like a lot of my music is is sort of I'm trying to figure out my place in the world and the world around me. So there's kind of a social element to everything that mm-hmm. I'm sort of writing about, um, and I suppose it reflects on and I, you know. The, wor- the way the, the world is at the moment you know I suppose with stuff in like the situation in say Israel and Palestine mm-hmm. and that sort of thing um, I'm just very aware of the, you know those those in power at times if it's like sort of it's almost like a game of chess or kind of people shifting these pieces around and trying you know for their own gain mm-hmm. and these pieces unfortunately are real human beings Um and I think at times, we, we, you know, those of us, you know, who don't have as much, you can become quite sort of disenfranchised or, you know, that we don't have the the context or the perspective to see where where our problems are really coming from or where the, that they generate from people with a lot. Not, you know, not even content with what they have, like still still looking for more. And unfortunately for people to have, you know, if people can live with so much excess, mm-hmm. there has to, that has to be balanced somewhere. And so there's so many of us living with not enough and that we don't have the perspective to see that it's not each other that is 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 a problem. You know, yeah. and sometimes it's that sort of that we only have the sense of, well, it's the, you know, it's the guy across the road or in the sense of, you know, the Irish context, 
you know, it's there's a, obviously a housing crisis at the moment and mm-hmm. the housing crisis or that, you know, the, the fact that Irish people don't have homes to live in is not the fault of Ukrainians or anyone else fleeing persecution. Yeah. You know, it's that there are, you know, the, the, it's the distribution of wealth in, in the mm-hmm. country is totally skewed. Um, so that was kind of, an, it's a long-winded answer, but that's sort of what, what freedom was about. Is, it's that sort of sense of how we can be turned against each other. Um, and that, you know, that, yeah, that we, like, when you don't have, that we don't have that perspective necessarily to see where the problems really lie or to sort of when, you, when the ability to do something, you know, systemic inequality you know mm-hmm. like, how do i tackle that but if you're like that guy across the road you know you could have the house that they live in you're like that's sort of pr- processable or whatever word it is yeah. for somebody and they're like um so it was it, it was sort of about it's about that trying to sort of just like stand back a little bit and say you know um these problems are are solvable and those mm-hmm. you know there are there are those you know who are very capable and able to able to do so um if they're willing mm-hmm. you know but it, it takes it'll take some of us to to be i guess comfortable with the idea of having a bit less mm-hmm. so other people can have more mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of what it's about <laughs> and it kind of just chugs along like like it's a, it's got like a, a kind of vibe. um i like the idea of kind of 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 the sort of that sense of because there's obviously a lot of, you know, in the world at the moment, so many people are don't have that sense of kind of like, not that any of us has permanency, but the idea of, I was kind of playing with the idea of having a home or not having, that mm-hmm. there are some people who never, some of us don't have the opportunity to ever feel like we can put our rest kind of somewhere. Yeah. So the song is in constant motion to represent that sense of, God, can I ever slow down? Will I ever, can I ever take a break? Can I ever feel safe or secure? Yeah. That kind of idea. And this is the first of many, right? The song? Yeah. I hope so. I haven't used it all. Like, you know, like run out of juice. After the first. No, it is, yeah, it is, it's, it is the first of many. Um, and it's, yeah, sometimes that sort of thing, once I, 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 I... The plan is to have an album out next year. Deadly. And to, to start kind of gigging in earnest and stuff mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the new year. Um, there will be another single out next month, which isn't too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, a second single um, so yeah I'm really like uh, as I said to sort of to have the opportunity to kind of tease out some some of these things and to you know over the the period that you know we shall not <laughs> shall not name the last mm-hmm. few years we don't talk about um, it anymore we were lucky with Tellerentos because like um, we were sort of we had kind of decided like we played our last proper Tellerentos gig was December 2019 oh, yeah. um, and it was sort of we had planned to take a break then, so mm-hmm. it was just sort of fortuitous, really. How it but just um, into but it. D- d- despite that, like I've missed performing like crazy. You know, it's been it has always been such a, a big part of um, how I nourish my soul. You know, so, so you're happy to be back. Yeah, and like that's like a, you know, I write these songs to express them in a space with people, and for me, it's sort of the creative circle isn't resolved until I've done that. I find it find it very hard to move on to the next thing until I've exercised the current one fully. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to get in rooms with people and to to yeah to express the songs and to see you know what gets thrown back at me. Where <laughs> Where's the best place people can keep up to date with everything you're up to? 
Um, at the moment, it's RowYourL on on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. what I'm. That's what I'm using. Um, I don't have my TikTok sorted. I do have a YouTube um, account, which I will soon be. There is there. Is one song. It's just a single that's up on it at the moment. Okay. Um, it's a start. Yeah, it's a start. So I'm starting. But yeah, it's, Instagram will be the best place for now. And there will, yeah, there will be, there will be more. Ro, thank you so much for popping in. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Louise. I really enjoyed it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.